So today, um, as I was praying about what to share, um, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if this exists, but I suppose this is what I had. It's sort of like, I guess, a preacher's version of writer's block. I'm just sort of I'm praying, thinking, oh, what is it? And normally, when there's a opportunity to preach that's outside of a series, I've got a few things that are kind of bubbling around in my heart that God maybe has been speaking to me about recently, things that I want to share with the church or whatever. But this time, I'm like, Lord, it's just like quite, quite nothing. And so I was like, I want to go back into a series. <laughs> this is, that was way easier. <laughs> Get me back into the songs of ascent. But then this week I was praying and I felt God lead me into John 14, 12 to 14. And they're quite uh, familiar verses. Uh, we all know them. And, and what God began to speak to me about was just wanting to encourage people about what God's called them to do. And my heart is that you uh, can receive that this morning as, as we look through these verses. Um, I want to encourage you that God has a commission over your life. And all that we've been hearing about this morning has been so encouraging to me. Just people declaring the amazing and wonderful things that Jesus has accomplished. All that he has done. All the amazing truths that we can proclaim for us who believe in him. And as a result of that, as a result of what Jesus has done, we're commissioned into all of his purposes. So, a little bit of context. Uh, in John chapter 13 to 17, it's kind of around about 24 hours before the death of Jesus, we see the Last Supper. And during that, Jesus is teaching his disciples on many different subjects. He also prays for himself. He prays for his disciples, and he prays for the believers. So that's kind of all happening pretty close to, to him going to the cross, around a 24-hour period. And in chapter 13, he brings some teaching that is quite difficult, that's quite, uh, it brings trouble into the hearts of the disciples as he's teaching them this, because they hear that someone's going to betray Jesus. They hear that Jesus is going to be leaving them. Peter hears that he's going to deny Jesus. These are not easy things for the disciples to hear. And so they have troubled hearts. And that brings us into chapter 14, where Jesus brings some teaching to bring comfort and to encourage the disciples. He starts by talking about a place that he's going to prepare for them in the beginning of chapter 14. He's going to be preparing a place for them in heaven for eternity. Pretty encouraging. He also talks about how the only way to the Father is through him. It is through belief in Jesus. He is the way. And then he goes on into the verses that we're going to look at today. And I've, I've titled this The Comforting Commission. I don't know if you're going to agree with that title as I go through this. It, they, these verses actually are really challenging. And they can be quite hard to get your head around. And in one sense, that's actually an appropriate way to read these verses. It's appropriate to read these and go... Well, don't really get that. That's some incredible stuff that you're saying there, Jesus. I need to think about these things. And so that is my aim today, is to spend a bit of time looking at these verses, thinking about them. What is it, Lord, at least that we can take from these, that we can be encouraged by, commissioned by you to do your works? So let's read it. John 14, verse 12 to 14. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, 
so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Big stuff. So, pretty much everyone in here, I'm guessing, will know some of the works that Jesus has done. You've maybe read through some of the gospel accounts, and you can think of some stories. You can think of some miracles that Jesus has done. You can think of some uh, healings that Jesus has done. And I'm going to uh, list a few of the things that he's done so far in John leading up to this point. Because actually reading these verses, it causes us a bit of a problem when we think, oh, so we're going to do everything you've done? Are we Jesus? Okay, so so far in John, what's he done? Well, here's some of the stuff. In John 2, you don't have to bring all these up, I'll just, I'll just list them. Uh, verses 1 to 11, he turns water into wine. A lot of water into wine. He has encountered a Sumerian woman and pretty much read her mind in John 4.18. He's healed an official son in John 4.46-54. to 54. He's healed a man that was probably crippled for around 38 years in John 5.1-9. He fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish in uh, John 5.1-14. He walked on water in John 6.19. Anyone done that one? Hands up? No? Okay. Um, he, I was really hoping someone was there. I was like, you need to come and share that story right now. Anyway, uh, and he healed, well, he raised Lazarus from the dead after he'd been in the grave for about four days rotting away in John eleven forty three to 44. So I personally can't say I've done all those things. As I asked if anyone had walked on water, no one put their hand up. I'm guessing no one in here has done all these things either. Okay? And even if you had, which would be awesome, and that would be great. And I'm sure that there are people in the world who have. John 21, 25 says this. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So quite a list. <laughs> so really this, this brings a question. What did Jesus mean when he said we're going to do all the works that he did? For all you note takers out there, this is how I'm going to go through these verses. Verse 12 is going to be split into two. Our first half is looking at what Jesus uh, did. So you could call that all the works or all do the works of Christ. Second part of verse 12 we're going to be looking at the greater things, and then we'll be looking at verse 13 and 14 together, uh, and we'll, we can call that one in Jesus' name. So if you want to make titles and lists and stuff, awesome. There you go. That's how we're going to go through it. So, are we all expected to do all the things that Jesus did? And if we don't, do we believe? Now at this point you can say, whoa, 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 Tom pretty sure this is like just applying to the apostles, isn't it? He's teaching his apostles here? Well, actually no. If you look at what it says in the first half of verse 12, it says, whoever believes. So that includes anyone who believes Jesus. Hands up if you are a follower of Jesus in this room today that you believe Jesus. Yeah? Awesome. You are included in this verse. You are commissioned here. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. Right, so we're all included. 
But we all haven't done all the works of Jesus. Tom, you read that list? I haven't ticked them all off yet. Maybe, maybe one day. So maybe we just get there before we die. Hmm. Maybe not. Let me suggest two things that we can look at to help us answer this question. Firstly, we can look at what other things the New Testament teaches us. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So this kind of helps us as well with the the promise that it is for all. Everyone, to each, is given by the manifestation of the Spirit. All of us are included in this. But then it goes on to say this. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of those tongues. Sorry. It's like choking on my own spirit there. Great. (laughs) Preaching's great, yeah. yeah. In verse 29 to 30 of that same chapter, it says this. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? And yet, which the answer of those questions is no. So, we can take from that, that we are not all expected to do all of the works. Jesus, funnily enough, is unique. <laughs> He is who he is. He did what he did. There's not going to be another one like Jesus. So what are the works then? Well, this is where uh, verse 11 of John 14 can help us. It says this in John 14, 11. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Believe me, Jesus is saying here, through words, believe who I am. And if not, believe on the evidence of the works. So the function of the works here is to help us believe who Jesus is. If you don't believe his words, look at his works. If you need to have more evidence of his words, look at his works. So if we take the function here of the meaning of works and apply it to verse 12, it can help us. Because we are going to continue to do the works of Christ, which means we are going to continue to do what he had been doing, which was bringing glory to the Father, which was telling people who he was. And that is what we're going to do as well. We're going to go forth and we're going to say, this is Jesus. This is what I know about him. This is my witness of him. And we're going to show people by our works what we do in our lives. And that's where the 1 Corinthians passage is helpful as well. Because to each is given. We're all going to be given different gifts. We're all going to have different things that God commissions us with. Some with gifts of healing. Some with gifts of teaching. Some with gifts of hospitality. We're going to go forth and we're going to continue Jesus' work. We're going to show forth his glory in what we say and in what we do. Often we can just think one or the other. Okay, so I keep telling people about Jesus. 
Surely that's enough. Well, actually, no. Show them. Show them. Show them God's love. Show them God's power. Oh, it's all about miracles, though, isn't it? Let's just go and let's just pray for healing for everybody. Okay, great. Go and heal many people. But if you don't tell them who's doing it and why and whose evidence it is of whose glory, then there's no point. Tell them as well who Jesus is. We're called to a life that proclaims Jesus. Every aspect of our life is to proclaim the glory of Jesus. That's what we've been called into. That is what we've been won into, into the kingdom of God. If you believe me, you will continue to do my works. So even greater things. Second part of verse 12. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Okay. So we're stepping it up a notch. (laughs) We've just listed a load of miracles and works that Jesus has done. Right. Okay. Um, Probably the most astounding list of things I've ever heard ever. So are we now going to be going one step further? going to go up on those miracles. Now, now don't get me wrong. I believe, I truly believe that in this church and in the church across the world, there are miracles happening. There are healings happening. There are miraculous powers being done that you could argue, if you wanted to, are greater than the works that we maybe have read Jesus did in scripture. Maybe. But that would be a really stupid argument to have. It's a waste of time to have that argument. Hopefully, all of us in here have a view of God that is that he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. Hopefully, we are not going to limit God by our view or experience of what we've seen him doing so far or what we've heard that he can do so far because that limits God that puts him at a sort of level a bar okay can't God exceed that no he's God he can do anything he wants so this verse is not Jesus trying to get us into a game of miracle top trumps it's not and that would be a waste of time because we've already learned what is the function of the works anyway It's to bring glory to the Father. It's to help people see who Jesus is. It's to confirm our testimony of Jesus. What we say about him. I believe what Jesus had in mind when he was saying even greater things than these you'll do. Is what was about to happen to him in the next 24 hours. Jesus was teaching these things very close to a time where he was going to go through great suffering. He was going to go through some stuff that we can't really comprehend. He brings context to it because of what he knew he was about to achieve. The greater things that will happen, the greater things that we will do are in light of Jesus' accomplishments, what he is about to do, the fact that he is going to the Father. If we're not careful, we can miss 
the earth-shaking, amazing truth that Jesus is alluring to here. So far in history, including Jesus, I'm talking history before Jesus up to Jesus, everybody who has ministered, like Jesus, those before him, has been proclaiming that which is to come. They've been saying, look at the promises of God that will be fulfilled. Look at these prophecies that we see are happening. God is fulfilling them. It was limited to a nation. It was limited to a people group. Jesus knows what's about to happen. I just... As I've been thinking about this, I'm a visual kind of person. I tried to put myself in the Last Supper, in the room with Jesus and his disciples. As Jesus is teaching these incredible things, he's speaking about these things so close, so close to what he was about to do, which changed everything forever. And he's speaking these things knowing what's about to happen to him. He's about to go and sacrifice himself for the sins of the world. He's about to go and pay the price in full. He's about to go and conquer sin and death forever. He's about to go and fulfill all of the promises that were before him. He's about to go and do what all of history was leading to. He goes to the cross and he finishes it. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So now Jesus gives us a commission which is a now commission. His followers are going to go into all the world and proclaim this message that no one had ever proclaimed before. The finished work of Christ. (laughs) Now your debt has been paid. Now you are reconciled to God. Now the old has gone and the new has come. Now all the nations on the earth shall, shall hear the message of salvation. Now the power of God is poured out on all people. Now the enemy has been defeated. Now the captives are set free. Now there is no guilt. Now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? (laughs) Now because Jesus is with the Father in glory, even greater things than these will we do. Until the day he returns. That's what I believe Jesus had in mind when he was encouraging his believers. You have no idea. (laughs) You have no idea what's about to happen. And he did it. He completed it. He finished it. And now we sit here in this room a very long, long way away from where he was giving this message because of the greater things. We're in the good of the greater things. That this message has gone out into all the world. 
by people like us. <laughs> people like us. Filthy rags, clothed with power, <laughs> forgiven, set free. It's an amazing truth. In Jesus' name. Final part, verse 13, 14. And, we, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me any, for anything in my name, and I will do it. So we're encouraged here to ask for whatever we want in Jesus' name, and it will be done for us. This is an incredibly comforting verse. Incredibly comforting. Because Jesus is not just leaving us to it. He's not just saying, off, off I go then, back to the Father, see you later. No, <laughs> he's saying, come and ask me for things. And he'll go on in the next few verses and, and, and so on in John to talk about how he's going to send the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. Which is exciting. If you've never read these verses in John before, go on and keep reading them. Because when he talks about the Holy Spirit coming, it's just, it's awesome. But here... In these verses, we're given permission to ask God for anything. The only requisite is that it's in Jesus' name. Jesus is the filter here for what we request. What we request is to be for the glory of the Father, is what it says in these verses. And Jesus is the filter because we can see that in his name, we're going to be asking in light of who he was, in the light of what he taught and he teaches elsewhere in scripture about how to pray as well, how to ask for God, how to ask God for things. But here it's an incredibly comforting thing that we are told by Jesus, I'm with you. You can ask me, ask me, because I am commissioning you to do the things that I have done. I'm commissioning you to do even greater things and you can ask me. Ask me, come before me, and I will give you all you need to do these things. I want to finish now by just encouraging us as a church to hear a commission again. And I, I want to ask that you hear it with a comforted heart. <laughs> this morning, we've just been hearing again just such Amazing reminders of God's power, of his truth, of his love, of his mercy. We've been hearing testimony of God healing people. Yes, the works are still happening. We've been hearing about what he has done for us. Steve sharing that, that message from uh, Isaiah. Just that sense of we don't need to bow to fear anymore. Look at this fertile land. Look at the life that God can bring. Look at what he can do to the desert. We stand in the good of all that Jesus has done. And he says some amazing things to us in these verses. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father. That's where he is now. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. We, as a church, are coming into a season where we're, we're going to be doing things like Alpha. We've got things going on across the city where we're reaching out to people. And we can sometimes look to those things and say, well, that's us doing the works of Christ, isn't it? We can let them do the Alpha, let them do the food bank, 
But actually, I encourage you here to hear the individual to everyone who believes commission that Jesus brings here today. If you're a believer in him, you're going to do the works that he did. He comes and he wants to give you boldness. He wants to fill you with the spirit. He wants to encourage you that to each is given. Everyone's different. (laughs) To each is given by the manifestation of the spirit. Different gifts to glorify him, to shine light onto who Jesus is, to help us proclaim this truth. And we do that by being filled with the Spirit. We do that by trusting in him, knowing that we can come to him for anything. So I'm going to pray. Lord God, thank you so much that when we come to you, Lord Jesus, we can know that the statement that it is finished is true. It's finished. You've done it, Lord. There is no more sin to be dealt with. There is no more guilt to be removed. Lord Jesus, when you say those things to us, you mean it. When you say to us, Lord, that we can be free. When you say to us, Lord, that we are yours. When you say to us, Lord... That we are going to be with you forever in heaven. When you say these things to us, Lord, these are sure and certain things. And no one can snatch us away from your hand, Lord. And I pray that we will hear, just like you were teaching the disciples, that we will hear today this comforting commission that says, because of who I am, because of what I have done, now you will do the things I did. And even greater things. Lord, help us. Raise our faith to believe that you are going to reach and impact this city. Raise our faith, Lord God, to believe that you are going to come and touch every single nation that is represented in this city. Raise our faith, Lord, to believe that we will see the miracles that you did in your day happening in our day too. Lord, raise our faith and help us to believe that we will see the dead raised. That we will see the blind eye open. That we will see the captive set free. That we will see these things, Lord. Not because of who we are, but because you're with the Father. Because you're seated in all authority and power. Because you have done it all, Lord Jesus. And we're called into your kingdom to be your followers. And to be filled with the Spirit. And to say, Lord, I need you. I ask you for this. I ask you for that in your name, Lord Jesus. And we have faith that you will do it because you are about your kingdom. So Lord, right now for each one of us, I pray, would you remove any sense, Lord God, of duty? Would you remove any sense of shame or fear? Would you remove any sense that we have to do these things in our own strength? And would you replace that with the awesome, mighty advocate at work in us, the spirit teaching us and leading us, telling us who we are in Christ and the reality of that is where we come from. That is where we work from. In the light of what you have done, we now get to do these things for your glory, Lord Jesus. Amen.